Welcome to The Beacon, your connection to nonprofit success. Now here's your Lighthouse Council host. Hi, and welcome to The Beacon Podcast, your connection to nonprofit success. I'm Jeff Jowdy, your host for today's discussion on the keys to successful fundraising. And I am delighted today to have as our guest, my good friend, uh, Jim Eskin, author of the book, 10 Simple Fundraising Lessons. Welcome, Jim, to the Beacon Podcast. Jeff, it is indeed a privilege and pleasure to join you. I've seen the type and caliber of people you have on this podcast, me excluded. I don't know how you get them. Does everybody get a case of Goo Goo Clusters or what? <laughs> That's a, that, that is a great idea. I love it. Well, we're we are honored by a, a lot of great folks are, who have uh, graced the podcast, and you're another of a high caliber. And to our listeners, if you don't know Jim, Jim is one of the most prolific content creators, and I'll also stress quality. My, my head is swelling. Uh, but in the field, and gives you you, know, you give so freely of your your time and your wisdom. Uh, over the past four years, Jim has. Uh, led more than 150 webinars, workshops, and board training sessions, uh, reaching thousands of nonprofit leaders, including professional and volunteer fundraisers from across the country. He launched Eskin Fundraising Training in 2018 after 30 years of leadership roles in fundraising, uh, public affairs, and communication. He's authored more than 100 columns that appeared in daily newspapers and business journals. He also publishes Stratagems, a monthly email newsletter exploring timely issues and trends in philanthropy, advocacy, and image. And again, for our listeners in our conversation today in 2019, he published 10 Simple Fundraising Lessons. So again, Jim, welcome uh, to the Beacon Podcast, and I look forward and to Jeff, learning from And Jeff, I have to say I'm very jealous of you, of how much you've done in your beautiful career, including to working for the iconic Gerald Tannis. I am so jealous of you. But anyways, you know, I'm reminded, I'm a history buff. And after the Korean War, Douglas MacArthur came back to address Congress. And he had a famous line, the old soldiers never die, they just fade away. I'd like to amend that a little. Old fundraisers never die. They just become consultants. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, I, I, I have to confess, and then Jerry was an icon and, and, a, and a great mentor and a legend, uh, but early in my career, I bet I was in my 20s, we had a consultant come in and a very smart, distinguished gentleman, a lot of gray hair. And I began to think that, that uh, you know, there's in different professions, there are different perceptions, but fundraising, consulting is one that at least at the time, if you were older and had experience, you were respected and not put out the pasture. So, you know, I wouldn't have said it 20 years ago, but watch what you say about uh, those of us with gray hair. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm just lucky to have any gray hair left. So, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, you know, Jim, I've heard it said, and I'm sure you have that. Uh, like so many things in life and our careers, you know, fundraising is simple but not easy. And you touch on one of the things uh, that often make it hard, uh, which is fear. And even uh, and you talk about uh, that many fundraising professionals actually are afraid to ask for money. So here, here they are in, in the profession of of securing funds for worthy causes and they are afraid. Can you explain that and dive into that a bit for us? 
Absolutely. First of all, I wouldn't say they're afraid. I'm saying they're terrified. And when we dig into fear, I don't care if it's fear of asking for a gift. I don't fear if it's fear of root canal or anything else. Usually fear is based on fear of the unknown. And I think too few of our board members and our volunteers have actually experienced a solicitation for themselves. You know, there are two ways you can develop resources. And I like to say there's getting money and there's asking for money. Mm. Now, don't get me wrong. I rather get money than no money at all. But I think most of our volunteers and board members are familiar with getting money. And that's when Jim walks in with, say, a thousand dollar check for Jeff for the YMCA. And he literally flings that at him. That's get money. It's very different than asking for money. That's when Jeff comes to Jim and he asks for a specific amount for a specific purpose at a specific time. And you set the agenda. And I think too many of our board members, they're only familiar with with getting money. They have not seen a solicitation for themselves. So we as practitioners need to do a better job of what I call demystifying the art and science of fundraising. And and you say demystifying, how about other tips or thoughts on how to get volunteers? And again, I think that plenty of staff are in the same fearful predicament. Yeah. Well, first of all, there are a couple of truths I like to share. First of all, fundraising in, I guess, what used to be the colonies uh, goes all the way back to 1643. There's a little institution in Boston called Harvard, and they actually had their first annual appeal, Jeff, in 1643. And that head start has enabled them to build an endowment over $40 billion. Now, here's something. In all that time since 1643, there is no recorded accident, casualty, or even fatality when someone asked for a gift and didn't (laughs) receive it. So you're not putting yourself in harm's way. And I can guarantee you, you can hear and know. And guess what, Jeff? The sun's going to come out the next morning. Another thing I hear is that some people can't take rejection. Well, I reject that because I don't know what you do in life, whether it's a professional, personal community that you don't hear no every day. My wife has already told me no three times today. You know, so I don't take it. I don't see how you can achieve anything without risking rejection and the no. Another way we can overcome the fear is, I think, by practice. Too many of our board members and volunteers have not witnessed a real, genuine solicitation in which we ask. We don't get, there's nothing wrong with getting money, but I rather ask for money and set the tone for how much, for what purpose, for when, et cetera. And I think one of the best ways that we can educate our board members is for them to experience a very good first-class solicitation when they come on their board. It should be either the board chair or the development committee chair and the president and CEO should make a very polished first-class solicitation. And that, I think, is one of the best ways that board members can get an education of what a genuine solicitation is about. And another one of my favorite ways 
I mean, if you want to be good at violin, you want to be good at golf. I'm, I'm not good at either of those things. You practice, you practice, and you practice, and you rehearse. And I think it's the same thing for asking money. I think us as nonprofits should show practice rehearsals of a solicitation during our board meetings. And we can role play different models. There can be the senior that's accumulated wealth beyond their imagination. There can be the corporate leader who has contributed to every other cause except ours. There can be the younger donor now, the millennial, or who has accumulated wealth quite quickly. But I think it's very, very useful to role play. And again, I think we're asking for trouble when we just send our board members and even our professionals in without rehearsal and practice and preparation. Jim, that is awesome advice. Well, Jim, in, in your book, you talk about these 10 simple fundraising lessons and would love for you to share them with us and and really uh, maybe just share about what, what's at the heart of those lessons and yeah. how they can make fundraisers uh, more successful. Well, first of all, I believe in the power of common sense. And I think most of the strategies and the principles and best practices of fundraising are based on common sense. And the more that we keep to our intuition, the better we're going to do. The more we let people overthink it, the more trouble we're going to have. So I have broken it into 10 simple lessons. And you're going to have to get me on track because I guess I'll go into my two-minute drill right here. I've already changed. My first lesson was nurture relationships. And I was watching a movie the other night. And you know how it defined a relationship? How's that? It defined a relationship is something you have until something better comes along. So I'm going to rename my first chapter, Nurture Friendships. Friendships are, you have to earn a friendship. And you know what a friendship is to me? When I ask Jeff for a gift, say Jeff's first gift was $1,000 to the YMCA. You like my choice of nonprofits? I do. And okay. And so a year goes by. I suspect Jeff's doing pretty good in the stock market. His kids are out of college. So I ask him a $5,000, okay? And guess what? Jeff says, I can't do that at this time. The friendship, other than the relationship is, well, you continue to steward. And you say, Jeff, I understand. And you focus on the long game, not the transactional quick game. And I think a friendship, other than a relationship, is strong enough to endure the test of time. And a note. Another one is that money follows time. In other words, probably with our major gift donors, it's tougher to get their time to get their dollars. And to the extent that you can get Jeff's time, say he's a bigwig in the Nashville community, more likely you can get his money. And if you flip that around, if you can't get an appointment in person or Zoom with Jeff, I hate to tell you, it's probably an indication that you're going to have a tough time getting his money. Uh, the third is God gave us two, two ears and one set of lips. Um, we talk about, you know, fundraisers being smooth talkers, but I like a smooth, active listener. I think if you ask the donor uh, the right questions and then you do this strange thing, you listen and shut up, they'll tell you, you know, how much to ask for, 
when to ask for it, for what purpose to ask for it, et cetera. So listen, you know, the usual Laura Fredericks is one of my mentors said in a good donor meeting, the donor speaks 75% of the time. The fundraiser, professional and volunteer, speaks just 25% of the time. Next one is tell a story. And I'm guilty here. I think as fundraisers, we tend to overload people with facts and figures. And we tell Jeff, well, we have 20% of this and 80% of this and 2,000 of this. And the truth is we're all suffering from factoid fatigue. And it's so much better if we can put a face in the name on what Jeff's gift to the IMCA, tell them about one of the beneficiaries, one of the recipients. The next one is so fundamental, it hurts me. You gotta ask and you have to like to ask. I mean, at the end of the day too, and you have to ask in person. I mean, we, you know, like in baseball and fundraising, we have statistics for everything. And the success ratio is so much higher when we ask face-to-face Unfortunately, we learned that we get asked screen for screen, but there has to be that eyeball to eyeball contact. And uh, the next one, you know, don't get me wrong. I love gifts from corporations and foundations, but as long as giving USA, giving USA has been counting philanthropy, which was $471 billion, a record last year, the percentage, the numbers have changed. But the overwhelming share that comes from individuals is stayed just about at 70%. And when you add bequests, which are gifts from individuals who have left the earth, and you ask gifts from family foundations, that share goes up to a whopping 88%. So don't get me wrong. I love money from our corporate and foundation friends. But you go fishing where the fish are biting. And there's a lot more fish in the pool of gifts from individuals. This next one, I know, Jeff, it hurts me when I see it not followed. We believe in a price tag oriented society and you give a specific number. You just don't ask Jeff for support. You have and it's part, you know, guesstimate. It's part research. But you ask Jeff to to consider a specific amount, a thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars. A million dollars, that sounds a little better. But you ask for a very, very specific number. And I it just pains me when fundraisers, board members, professionals don't do that. You go into the car dealership, Jeff, what do you ask? How much does it cost, right? Philanthropy is no different. Okay, you give a number. Uh, the next simple rule is that you thank every gift whether it's for $1,000 or a million dollars, of course, a million dollars is better. Well, you thank the donor during the time, uh, the course of the year, seven distinct ways, okay? Maybe that's just sending him the formal letter that they use for IRS purposes. Maybe my favorite is sending a handwritten note because I don't know you, Jeff, you know, I get a ton of form letters. I get a ton of email. I get a ton of texts. Handwritten notes, I don't get many of. And that was always my rule. Send a handwritten note. and But thank your donor seven times during the year because that's the right and smart thing to do. Because after Jeff gives the YMCA $1,000, we're going to come back next year and we're going to not only ask Jeff to continue uh, making his gift, we're going to ask him to consider an increase. And you set the stage for that when you do an outstanding job of 
stewardship. Fundraising starts with which three letters? Fun. Fun. And, you know, I was at a Philanthropy Day Awards uh, luncheon. It was about seven years ago. And we have a category for youth here in San Antonio. And a nine-year-old girl got up and explained, you know, how she raised something like $17,000 for at-need kids and her school. And she said she looked at that first three words, and it's fun. I will make you a promise. If you as a solicitor don't enjoy asking for the gift, I can guarantee you that the donor's not going to enjoy the meeting either. You have to enjoy it. You know, you have to go in with enthusiasm and you have to go in uh, thinking that, you know, this you know for sure. If you ask, you have a chance to get from the money. If you don't ask, you have no chance of getting the money. And if you ask with enthusiasm and you ask like you enjoy it, your chances of getting the gift exponentially improve. And finally, uh, the simple rule is that the giving starts here with leadership. And I don't care if you're executive director, board chair, development chair, a volunteer, who's ever asking for money must give it a personally significant level themselves or they're going to have nobody, no credibility in soliciting the community. Now, personally significant between me, Jeff Jowdy, and Jeff Bezos can have completely different meetings, and that's okay. But you have it's usually a stretch amount for the individual. If you don't give yourself, you are going to have no chance. Why should someone else give to your cause? If you sit on the board, you have a leadership position on the staff, and you haven't given a stretch gift yourself. So that's my 10 lessons. That's about as fast as I can do it. Well, that that was outstanding, and our, I think our listeners can tell that uh, that the fun and fundraising you fully embrace. Yeah. Just just love your wisdom. Uh, thank you so much for for uh, being a part of this episode of the Beacon Podcast. And to our listeners, you can connect with Jim on LinkedIn or at. <laughs> to our listeners, you can connect with Jim on LinkedIn or on his website at EskinFundraisingTraining.com, and he has a a full schedule of podcasts for this year, and uh, you will enjoy checking those out. Yes, and I, I'm going to put a quick plug in. I believe in reciprocity, whatever that means, but I'm very excited about my guest on Wednesday, June 15th for my webinar series. That is 4 to 5 p.m. Central Time. It's Jeff Jowdy himself sharing the beams from the lighthouse and the beacons and you're talking about high-performing development officers. So, Jeff, we are very excited about having you as a subject matter expert. Well, I am honored and excited. I just wish that I could be there in person and we could have the podcast live from the Riverwalk and maybe uh, over a few beverages. But that. Could but be remember, better. you bring a big bag of Goo Goo Clusters when we do that. I love it. Well, that's a deal. That's a deal. And to our listeners, be sure and check out Jim's a book, 10 Simple Fundraising Lessons on Amazon. And again, thank you, uh, Jim and our listeners for joining us for this episode of the Beacon Podcast, Your Connection to Nonprofit Success. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for listening to The Beacon, Your Connection to Nonprofit Success. Tune in every week for nonprofit topics with special guest interviews. Suggest future topics and learn more about upcoming podcast and guest at lighthousecouncil.com.